This is Changeling the Podcast. Changeling the podcast. Come for the glamour, stay for the vibes. I'm your host, Josh, and with this is your other host, Puka. Say hi, Puka. Yeah, hi, hi. What are we talking about today, Puka? We are going to be discussing the mists and enchantment. Everything about them. Every yes. last blessed thing from start to finish. Every edition. Well, no, not, not really. Wait. But yeah, a wide-ranging discussion on two topics which I guess are maybe not the most difficult for changeling players and STs to get their heads around, but difficult to kind of operationalize in a game, I would say. I don't think people realize how difficult they are. Yeah. And I think they actually go against a lot of core assumptions people have about how role-playing games work, <gasps> especially the mists. What are the mists, Josh? Let's start with that that oh. simple question. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, so the mists... Ironic. Uh, yes. <laughs> the mists... What are they metaphysically? That's yeah. An, uh, that appears to be one of those vague things that they've kept deliberately vague across editions, but kind of some sort of mechanism for the dreaming to protect itself, I would say. So I wanted to ask, you have more experience, I think, with Dark Ages Fae than I do, which is yeah. essentially zero. I have read the book. They have a thing called Mists. Yes. They are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Jacob Kundo's World of Dark Ages podcast because I recently had occasion to listen to the Dark Ages Fae episode and they discussed it in there and there was reference to the mists in that game being more like the, I guess, chaotic force of creation, like the original, not nothingness, but abstractness yeah. from which reality formed. I'd say mix that with paradox. and. Mm. I like that as an element that I would want to kind of incorporate into my idea of what the mists are in Changeling. Not entirely like that, mm -hmm. but historically or whatever <laughs> within the context of the game. I think I've spoken before about my theory about there being multiple shatterings, and I could see that being a mm -hmm. metaphysical representation of the mists in the distant past, which some Changelings might vaguely remember. Yeah, you could even say the shattering is inherently the creation of the mists. Mm or the sundering even but like it's it's sort of integral to the separation of the dreaming and glamour from physical stuff i'd say yeah well regardless of what they were or might have been in the past by second edition and modern times second edition actually refers to them directly as a side effect of banality and says mm -hmm. they're the result of ancient protections of the fae to hide themselves mixing yep. with banality and then C20 kind of expands on that, saying it was a process that occurred over time. So it started as those ancient protections that slowly got more and more diluted, I guess, with mm -hmm. banality. And in C20, and sort of suggested in previous editions, it's also what it, it means to not interact with chimerical reality. Like, mm -hmm. if there's a chimera in the room, and you're an unenchanted mortal, and you don't see it, that's because of the mists. Somehow. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's different from the memory effect. At least. Is it though? Like it might be the same mists. Well, okay, it's it's 
mechanically different from the mirror. But that ties into enchantment, I guess, because enchantment's almost like getting rid of the mists temporarily. Yeah, and to some extent, I almost wonder if, like, if we think of chimera and chimerical things and glamour as kind of having repercussions in the mortal world and the mists mm-hmm. are kind of what push back against that. I'm not a physicist, so I'm not going to start dropping things like for every action, there's an equal and opposite banal reaction. Oh, but that kind of, yeah, you know, it's the byproduct of a reaction between phase stuff rooted in the dreaming and meat stuff rooted in the autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really do see it as a protection mechanism of the dreaming. Mm. It's various manifestations and effects like the idea would be banality started encroaching this was killing glamour so the dreaming protects itself being a thing of glamour or the thing of glamour or what is the dreaming is another question Uh, it's it's the dreaming's histamine yeah or or some other immune system thing (laughs) and sometimes there's autoimmune effects and yeah well that'd be cool actually interesting other flaws because there's flaws like slipped seeming and stuff where yeah 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 parted mists where it's like not effective that'd be interesting having like the mists being too strong it's also have you ever seen or run the mists as sentient in some way or semi-sentient because i like the dreaming as being a vaguely sentient force but not the mists personally i treat the mists not as sentient as i treat it as like like a knee-jerk reaction kind of thing Mm -hmm. like a impulse Okay. Even more so than the dreaming. Like glamour and the dreaming are more like unconsciousness and the mists, I guess, would count as unconscious, but it's like very reflexive. An immune response. Yeah. But it could also be like, like spinality is also kind of like that too when you think about it, but it's... Yeah. uh, The autumn world's immune response. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think they should be malevolent, certainly, because even though they do sometimes have detrimental effects to changelings Mm -hmm. they don't really seem harmful or at least the mists overall i think help the fae more than they harm them in a sense but i mean also that's what the forgetting is and that's what in a way it's very harmful or maybe maybe it's preventing a greater harm it prevents bedlam at least (laughs) yeah well and speaking of glamorous based things what is enchantment enchantment is parting of the mists in a sense it's becoming awakened to the fey world it's in a sense what all the changelings are when you're playing a changeling you're kind of enchanted all the time but that's not how it describes it It, it, it's making mortals and whatnot like the fey temporarily i guess with glamour yeah not in terms of powers or anything but just being aware of chimera being aware of fey mains being aware of all that stuff and removing any memories from that might have been gone from the mists so like any lost memories bringing back memories yeah i'm gonna play fast and loose with the scientific metaphors again for a minute having no background in any of it and say that it's like a temporary electric charge that's sensitive to the dreaming's magnetism or something okay i don't know if that works but but yeah that it allows mortals or the otherwise unglamorous to have a sensitivity to and perception of the dreaming for an amount of time yeah which also has drawbacks for them because now they can be hurt by the dreaming in ways they couldn't before i do want to say though i know we're trying to be a little bit edition agnostic at this point but with c20 particularly with the ritual of the parted mists there's this veneer about somehow enchantment from my perspective fundamentally changing who the person is 
And that's most visible with something like bestowments, but Mm -hmm. it feels a little bit more in the soul or deeper metaphysical somehow than it did in first and second edition, where it was just like, you open their eyes for a bit. I mean, I mean, there was the whole dreamstruck state. Yes. I have that on my notes as well. (laughs) So, so it had a long-term, you could argue if that's the enchantment specifically, or just the glamour of the enchantment being too strong for too long, or if, even if there's a difference, but bedlam for mortals, kind of, yeah. I am curious why they brought bestowments in in the first place. I guess because the Kinane got so oomphed up, they wanted to uh, make playing an enchanted mortal more appealing, so they repurposed the gifts and bumped it down a peg. Yes, I made enchantment so much harder too. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't understand some of this. I don't think you either of us use this in our games, in no. our own personal games. Like, we don't really use the C20. I use a lot of C20. I don't use that. Well, what bothers me about it, too, is from a story perspective, at, at the story level, it, to me, fundamentally changes the tone of mortals in the dreaming from being, like, wide-eyed, dreamstruck visitors mm-hmm. to being these unique creatures with unprecedented quirky powers and i don't really know how i feel about that well that's the parted mist one but that's, that's oh yeah so yeah temporary no. the parted mist doesn't last that long and then you can never do it again so it's like what well it lasts a while if you just try not to spend your glamour <laughs> yes yeah but it, you stay enchanted and then you become unenchanted and you'll never have parted mists again or yeah never enchanted at all again yeah that kind of special powers piece and, and the ritual and everything, that feels to me a lot more in line with modern fantasy tropes than the traditional lore stuff. And I think that's part of why it's not that it rubs me the wrong way. It's just, it's a change in tone that isn't made explicit yeah. and it bothers me that it's not. But that being said, I guess there's like true Thomas and exceptions that prove the rule. Well, I mean, if we want to go through the edition stuff, like first edition, enchantment was a we- was described as a weapon, essentially. There wasn't, invoking the weird or mm, doldrous yeah. blow or any of that there was you can enchant a mortal like violently sometimes and then that's how you can interact with them if it's not going to be pleasant it could also it doesn't have to be violent but that was one calm that if you were to do violence to a mortal that is how you do it or ravage them yeah or ravage them i suppose yeah and then second edition was more sort of in betweenish, and then third edition is just so difficult to enchant that well let's talk about the mechanics for a minute um yeah (laughs) so for anyone who hasn't read second edition it's very simple you infuse x glamour into a token and give it to a mortal and they will be enchanted for x days alternatively the forced enchantment you spend a single point of glamour roll glamour with a difficulty of the target's banality which is increased by one if they have cold iron on them and that just blanket enchants them for like a scene, an hour, however long it serves the story. Mm-hmm. And then there's the C20 version. <laughs> yeah. I think this formula is correct. For temporary enchantment, you spend the target's banality plus X glamour to enchant them for X plus one days. So if they have a banality four or five, which is like standard for a quirky mortal, and you spend, well, okay, if they have banality four, you spend five glamour you enchant them for two days which is a lot of glamour to spend for not that long mm-hmm. it seems punishingly expensive and then there's the ritual of the parted mists which i think it's 20 glamour with one person as the benefactor leading the ritual because you have to get multiple changelings to participate 
the Enchantee gets six points of glamour and possibly a quirky power or two, but as soon as that glamour is spent, they are no longer enchantable ever again. Yeah. Again, a lot of work and risk for very little payoff. And if you fail the roll to enchant them, you lose all the glamour and everybody gains a dot of banality. Mm -hmm. It's unclear to me in C20, actually, if you have a lasting enchantment on a mortal, can they actually get additional glamour or is it like they start with six and it just slowly ratchets down and that's it forever? Uh, it's suggested it was ratchets down for and that's it forever is the way I yeah. read it too. If it was intended otherwise, I think it missed the bit saying it was intended otherwise. Yes. So. Oh, it's also stamina plus gray mare roll for the last enchantment. Right, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> lift those three dice and let me know how it goes. Yeah. I, I always find amusing comp uh, attribute ability combinations hilarious so yeah what about the mists mechanics too oh you have to spend a dot of willpower anyway the mists mechanics. yeah 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 uh yes. the mists mechanics in previous editions and in c20 i can't even say they've changed it's more like c20 actually defined them better i think well but bear in mind also c20 bars it more or less wholesale from dreams and nightmares yes so did Dreams of Nightmares have as much detail on the effects on mortals with mists? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, mist, mists can actually affect, actually thinking of the dreaming, mists do affect changelings as well. But for, Which 99% of changeling players and STs forget, I think. Yeah. Well, there's two ways it can. There's when your banality gets... Does it still have it in C20 when your banality is higher than your glamour? You can start to suffer from the mists? Like Ooh, that's when you enter my favorite term, the retrors. Yes. Which can lead to something that is not named, as far as I can tell, in C20, although I've heard claims otherwise, I just couldn't find it, of the forgetting, hmm. where you just, it, you, you forget for a while who you are as a changeling, and maybe you'll never remember again. But in theory, you could. There's a list, I think, again, it's in Dreams and Nightmares, but I'm not sure if it's in C20, where they give kind of a few examples, and they say, like, blackouts, memory lapses, things like that. Yeah. No, they do have that here. Okay. And yeah, so what happens is it's not just losing memory. For, let's go for mortals. It's simpler. Yeah. So if your banality is incredibly low, okay, if your somehow banality is zero, which it can't be, you're essentially remember as well as if you're enchanted. But for actual mortals, it ranges from basically normal memories. So I guess zero, you remember better than not being enchanted. Okay. Then you would other normal things. I guess if you're a chimera, you can have banality zero. <laughs> yeah. But then you're not immortal. Anyway, um, as your banality goes up, you're remembering less and less. After a while, you it, it starts getting like fuzzy. It's like you're waking from a dream after a certain point. But then it starts to, you start treating it like a dream after a certain point. Where even physical evidence, you'll like, well, that's ridiculous. And at like banality nine, you'll basically respond poorly to even people suggesting it happened. So, yeah. Well, wait, which chart are you looking at when you're talking about this? Effects on mortals on page okay. 270 of Changeling the Dreaming 20th edition. Right, okay. One of the things that bugs me about this chart is there's the duration column, which is yeah. like a completely unrelated... <laughs> like it's tied to your banality, but it's it's how long, what, you're unconscious or something after chimerical death? Yeah, after you are chimerically slain or incapacitated i think it's incapacitated yeah. in Tui and then just like slain and and how long you have to wait before glamour can be used to reawaken 
Oh yeah, in in C twenty, it's how long until you can be brought back again right. after chemical death. It's not in, in second edition. It's how long you're unconscious for. That one, I'm 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 leaning more to like C twenty more because it's like, oh, you're in a coma for four months. That's well, that's great. that's when you come out of the dreaming. I think. Oh, okay. Wait, I thought that was a second chart. Yeah, see, that's there's multiple charts that have different things as well, which is not helpful. The entering and leaving charts, I think, are actually. Well, I, no. Before I get to that, yeah, they're in a separate sec. They're in a separate book. Yeah, yeah. Well, separate section, chapter entirely. But anyway, that's let's just let's change. Like, it happens with the dreaming. I think the dreaming question, it affects changelings too. There's math involved. On page two sixty nine, there's actually a note that I hadn't. I don't think I realized was there until I was looking through this. But it says, "The more banality points a changeling has, the more the myths touch her in her day to day life." The presence of other kithane mm-hmm. helps to ameliorate this effect, allowing the character to recall as though she were two steps lower on the mist chart during any scene in which other changelings are present. So it says, memories of glamour and the chimerical. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is the implication there that this is all the time any changeling, if they're like hanging out trying to remember what happened in the freehold last night and they have banality for, it's uncertain? Uh, given the rest of the book, I don't, think so i don't think so either but, but that's what it says <laughs> that's what you could read that part yeah. yeah the layout of where things are and this is not a knock on c20 specifically this is because it's not like c20 was the first book to have this problem but for sure yeah it goes a long way to explaining why changelings hang out together so much though if that knocks yeah. them down two steps on the chart like mm-hmm. the entering and leaving the dreaming though i find more important to point out just because there's so many games where people are like, oh, let's go into the dreaming without thinking about the mm-hmm. consequences of what happens to the memory. And I mean, yes, obviously all of this is probably the hand waviest part of the game. You know, if it serves the story to have the characters remember, they remember. But going by the mechanics here, you really shouldn't remember that much when you come back out of the dreaming. So like, for example, I did a couple number crunches. If you have Glamour 6, Banality 3, which is not unreasonable for a starting character, mm-hmm. then when you enter the Dreaming, for a week you will be confused. And I don't really like the use of the adjective confused there because um, it doesn't exactly match what it describes. And then when you return from the Dreaming, the memories you formed there will immediately begin fading into like dream memories. That's how hard they'll be to remember. And that actually seems pretty reasonable to me. As an alternative, if you have Glamour 5, Banality 4, you'll be awestruck when you enter the Dreaming for a month. And upon leaving, all you can remember is like who you were with. Whether or not you agree with those levels of of impact, going by the mechanics, the rules as written, that's how it works. So this, I think, ties into... I don't know, do we want to get more deep into the mechanics here or because i think there's a how do you play this aspect that's i do want to get into the mechanics a little bit. <laughs> okay let's get into the mechanics. Yeah. Um, so yeah a couple other bits to point out uh there are notes in both second edition and c20 where it says glamour one is where most enchanted mortals are at when they're brought into the dreaming so i suppose the implication there is the preliminary chunk of glamour that you spend kind of mm-hmm. nullifies the banality that's in them and then you put one point of glamour on top of that to formally enchant them. With the old enchantment mm-hmm. system, I guess you just didn't count the mortal's permanent banality rating when they entered or something. So it's unclear exactly why that's the case, but that's what it says. And I was also thinking about the Samhain Mists, which we're told 
everybody kind of gets more in touch with their fey nature and then remembers almost nothing the next morning. But I don't think we ever get solid mechanics for moments like that. No, unless you're using certain arts to avoid it. Yes. But I wish there was something like just a statement. Everyone's banality is three lower during the night and three higher at the end or something just to kind of mechanize that. Use the mists as if it was X, if you're Celia, and Y, if you're unsealy, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There is also the question of how this applies to prodigals versus changelings or mortals. I do like the multipliers idea that we've seen in other books, although maybe kicking the wheels of those mechanics might be a, an idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't personally like the multipliers. I like it like treat them like mortals. Although... Mm-hmm. They might have their own methods of essentially doing enchantment, but not to toot my own horn, but in the storyteller's vault supplement fairy faith, there's an additional option for mages. So yes, but for the mists, I think that if you're running, for example, like a cross splat game, I like leaning into the idea of the supernaturals kind of forgetting exactly what the changeling is. Mm-hmm. And they have this weird mortal ally who they know has some kind of power. They can't quite remember until the Fae needs them to. And I like that dynamic as an option for their interactions. I think going that that person's a changeling, they're one of the Fae. Mm. And then you're blanking on anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> but like, I know there's something about you and it's Fae, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, the other books say like, yeah, they believe in, even the technocracy talks about like changelings sort of. So like they know there's something there. If a changeling tells you things, unless your banality is really high, you can choose to believe it or not. That's not really covered much by the mists. Yeah. And when I say I like the multipliers, I really only like it in the service of, well, and the multipliers don't even really work in the C20 system, but just for the sake of crossover games, it makes it easier to, you don't have to keep dumping glamour in. Well, that that gets to how to deal with the mists in your game. Mm-hmm not just mechanically. And that's, this is one of those like, okay, you actually need to talk to your players before you start like session zero, kind of before session zero. Like this is the kind of thing that uh, somebody might um, say they just can't, they do not want to have in their role playing when they're playing. And you might either have to completely, you're basically either going to have to play changeling very differently from how it's written or not play changeling with them. And that's just kind of how it works because the mists, I mean, if, if you're playing a crossover and they're not one of the Fae, then it'll come up a lot more. But even if you're like, by the book, core kith, whatever, changeling, at some point in our long enough running chronicle, it's likely you'll have to roleplay your character going through the mists. Yeah. And people have to be ready for that. And, and it's one of those, you're thinking it's a separation of your character and, and, your, and the player. And it's... Mm-hmm. Requiring a certain amount of response, like um, not only, it, I mean, you have to be, be, buy in from them and it's not simple because it's like, how do I count? I mean, I think the chart helps a lot in the mists chart, the various mist charts describing what you remember, but it's still like translating that moment to moment in terms of what you're actually remembering and how you're actually going to play your character could be a little bit tricky at times. So mm-hmm. the players have to be up for that and crossover just makes it more so there's ways around it maybe depending on the rules like sometimes being kinane would help maybe depending on the edition in which game you're using or or just there's being permanent enchanted all the time or using <laughs> some other your own powers 
or there's just playing very low banality characters. Yeah. If you're like, you know, I ran a game where one of the PCs was a son of ether. I can't remember if her permanent banality was two or three. So like, and, and she role played that she, she went, we went through like what that meant and all that. And yeah, she just played that. And then the mists weren't that big a deal. So she remember, forget a few things, but uh, yeah. And occasionally was enchanted. It, it also depends which kind of splats you're crossing over with, because obviously someone like a mage with mind magic, and we'll get to that later, will have an easier time navigating it than, you know, Joe Werewolf. So mm-hmm. probably, I'm sure Joe Werewolf has their share. Of yeah, there's got to be some sort of gift um, there that does something. But I think what you're saying about the player and character bleed is really important here because there isn't a lot of guidance on that in particular around the topic of the mists or enchantment in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's important to bear in mind if your non fae character goes into the dreaming, they will remember even less than the fae characters when they come out. Yeah. But that being said, interacting with the chimerical world while still in the autumn world is not the same thing as going into the dreaming. And that's a lot easier to not only deal with, but actually make into part of the story because, you know, suddenly all of the yeah. non-fae characters become kind of forgetful about this. And the fae is like, oh my gosh, you guys, I told you this already. We went to the court last week. Like you said, the players need to be okay with that kind of role-playing, but mm-hmm. I think it adds an element of quirkiness. Yeah, and and I mean, if you're playing, I don't know, you're trying to cross over and you're like a banality eight. Oh. Somebody. And well, a technocracy like, game, yeah. Yeah, well, like, it doesn't have to be technocracy. I think, I do think, like, later on they talk about banality ratings of various prodigals. And, and to me, those are very much just stereotypes or just generalizations. Well, they have to be. I mean, you know. Yeah, but I mean, work. keep that in mind. I've heard people argue otherwise. Like, I think it's very much... There's a chart at one point talks about like what the personality is like for each level of banality. Look at that for your character. And I wouldn't track temp banality for even a PC if you weren't Fey at all. But yeah, partly because there's no system for it. Maybe you could make one. You know, look at who your, what your personality is. And if your personality is changing over time, maybe adjust the permanent banality and then use that for the mists. It is one of those things where I feel like tables often fall into the trap of thinking that because they need to rework a system in order to make it work better for their game, then the system must be in some fundamental way broken, which I think is a failure to understand that it may work for plenty of other tables. I mean, as someone myself, I don't tend to run crossover games. And generally, I'm fine with having the Elder Vampire be Banality 8. I mean, I'm fine with 99% of Elder Vampires being Banality 8. Not that you're going to have PC Elder Vampires in your Changeling game. That's gotten very strange. Though, oh, I've seen I've seen things. Yeah, but I think you could have a Elder Vampire that's not there. I think you can have, like, Banality 1 Technocrats. They are absolutely the, the exception that proves the rule, though. Yeah, they are not going to be liked out in the field. No. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to be very good at doing things for the technocracy to tolerate them and they are not going to rise up far in the ranks yeah i think that's also true of low banality one hermetic though like yeah there's certain systems that just don't interact well with uh low banality but regardless i think it offers opportunities for the players to deepen their role playing if they're able to keep in mind their character's relationship to the dreaming in terms of Mm -hmm. memory 
to be frank, I don't think Changeling's own authors, they, they allied to that piece more often than is helpful. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I think based on the rules, I don't, in this regard, I don't think crossovers actually as hard as it's like the rules are not as directed to cross. They're not. No, no, no. I think it's compa- the rules are compatible with crossover. Is mm. probably how I put it. But you might need to flesh things out a bit that are just not defined. Or hand wave it. Yeah, which you have to do anyway when you're running a game of Changeling, if it's purely Changeling, because there's things that'll happen that are just not covered in this book or any of these books. So There's a quote in the second edition core book that's used as an epigraph for the section talking about the mists from the play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which goes like this. Mm -hmm. A man breaking his journey between one place and another at a third place of no name, character, population, or significance sees a unicorn cross his path and disappear. That in itself is startling, but there are precedents for mystical encounters of various kinds, or to be less extreme, a choice of persuasions to put it down to fancy until, my God, says the second man, I must be dreaming. I thought I saw a unicorn. And something that illustrates to me, first, is that the mists breed uncertainty and second guessing, Mm -hmm. possibly also relativity in that sort of Rashomon kind of way where people remember things slightly differently. Yeah, I have in my notes a paraphrase of the famous sort of truism. We remember things not as they were, but as we are. And I think that kind of works. But in the moment, I think it should be extremely disorienting for the characters in an emotional sense. Changelings, but then especially non-changelings. Because it's that feeling of like, oh, I forget what I was about to say, or what did I come into this room to do? Amplified and tied directly into their, their very identity. If you're a storyteller, I understand why, for the ease of storytelling, you just want to have memories remain intact to make things flow. But that, I think that cheapens the role of what the mists can be in the game. And I think it's a really important piece of the game to kind of attend to. So that actually reminds me, there's a thing, there's this assumption I've had, and it's been in games I've played in, it's been in games I've run, but I'm not sure it's ever actually been stated in any edition when do the memory effects of the mists kick in like the next scene right at the exact moment the thing happens like you're talking about in the autumn world when encountering chimerical stuff yeah. not returning from the dream. yes yeah um i would say immediately i mean okay as the memory forms or doesn't form yeah my assumption was always it was after the event happens like if there was a fight like just and there's like arts getting thrown around or something like that. Yeah. During the, well, you're still in combat. I wouldn't say there's really many memory effects, but like right after the fight, they'd be like, what just happened? You could probably argue the end of the scene when you think about something like calling on the weird lasting for the scene. So as soon as the scene ends, it is now complete. And that's where memory kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I interpreted it. But I realized it doesn't actually say that anywhere. So just as a sidebar to that, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I do sometimes think about the three components of memory as being kind of grounded in facts, in emotions, and in senses. So in the sense of like, when you think about, you know, what did you do last Tuesday? So you can think about the fact sense being like, oh, last Tuesday, I got up at eight o'clock, I went to work at nine o'clock, I took lunch at 12 o'clock, like those kind of almost Mm -hmm. like a diary list of things. The emotion is 
I struggled out of bed at eight o'clock. I plotted to the job I hate at nine o'clock. I was so excited to go get lunch at that place with the really good key lime pie at noon and see my friends, mm -hmm. whatever. And then sensory based, I remember the grit of the sand that I was rubbing from my eyes and the adrenaline rush when I almost got into a fender bender as I was driving to work and then the taste of that key lime pie. And those components all form a holistic memory. So it's tough enough to keep all three of those in place over time, memories degrade in one way or another, but then just imagine this disorientation of them falling out immediately and noticeably like that. At the end of the scene, suddenly all, all of that is pitted with holes. Normally it takes a lot longer for memories to degrade that much. But that well, that gets into interesting, from, like from also. I'm even less of a psychologist than you are, but... Um, I don't know what basis we have for making these claims, but okay. But my, my understanding of it too is like, it's almost like the sensory part is not tied to the event at all. Like you bring it back. It's almost like you remembered the facts mm. and the senses are stored, sensory things stored somewhere else. Yeah. And then you connect them back together. But if the facts disrupted, you might bring in a wrong sensory piece or something. Yeah. The problem is with the connections rather than the things yeah. you're trying to connect to. Yeah. I think that's like, it seems like the mists. Yeah. The way they describe things are mostly the fact based mm. things. Yeah. And it says like it actually even under hazy memory is like the sensations are there. Like maybe even at a high banality, you could have tasted a food while enchanted that you've never tasted before. And you might remember that later, but you just, you don't remember when you did it or any context from it. You just be like, if you, maybe if you ate that thing again, you'd be like, huh, I've had that before. I wonder where. You know? I would believe that someone has probably done research to establish the rate at which different parts of dreams along those three lines fade. Yeah. Like how quickly you lose the, here's what I did in my dream part. How quickly mm. you lose the, here's what I saw and felt. And here's. Here's what my emotions were. Yeah. And I would base it around that. I think there may be a lot of actually creating your memory of the dreams while awake too. Mm. Not entirely, but because memory I know is a lot of when you're remembering it, you're actually creating new experience by yeah. remembering like, yeah, 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 and you might remember that recreation now. And that's how memories can be messed with. Maybe in the post edit, we can look up some, handy tidbits and put yeah. them in the show notes or something <laughs> yeah oh now i'm like wondering oh what could you use like i remember there was stuff like uh there's therapy involved with yeah, uh, yeah. ptsd it's like could you use enchantment for that like in the same way they use like memory affecting drugs sometimes in experimental therapies yeah and there is also the difference in the effects of forming short-term memories and forming long-term memories and mm -hmm forming identities so when i think about how the mists kind of apply to each of those the short term is like okay you're using cantrips in front of mortals what are they going to remember or not the longer term is like you're on a quest and you got to kind of keep multiple pieces in mind and the identity mm -hmm. part is just remembering that you're a changeling vis-a-vis -vis listener of the show charles siegel yep. describing changeling as an alzheimer simulator you know mm -hmm. and to your point about when do the mists kick in, we don't really get much in the way of explaining away what the non-enchanted are seeing or experiencing. Yeah. Like to me, I just went with it doesn't affect working memory, I guess. Yeah. But it affects everything else. 
So I think a really good way to play that up in a game would be to just have like a mortal recurring character who you have to interact with slightly differently each time because they're going to kind of remember a slightly different valence of their time with your motley mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> or again, to go back to that sort of Rashomon method. I'm using Rashomon method here, even though this is kind of a not quite accurate summary of the story. But if you have multiple mortals with different banality ratings, remembering different versions of the same event or different Mm -hmm. things about the changelings who were there, that list of effects in C20, page 270, is quite useful for that. Yeah, and I mean, you could also, if you were thinking around changeling in the other crossover sense where it's NPC, you're running, if you're running a technocracy game and you want to introduce changelings... (laughs) as antagonists you can do really scary things with the mists there yeah and like if you like work out okay what's everybody's banality just i mean maybe you determine it based because you know the player characters and like be like okay this is what you remember and this is what you remember and this is what you remember and it's all hazy this other guy doesn't remember anything and what just happened yeah <laughs> like in the longer term i don't really know how to make it stick except to say to just kind of remind people your adventures in the dreaming don't really stand out brilliantly in your mind once you get back. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is kind of a blow to both the player and the character. Yep. But that gets funny. Like if you gain a dot of, I don't know, academics while in the dreaming and come back <laughs> again, do you still have that dot of academics? I think the easy way around that is to just say, don't spend XP in the dream. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I could see arguments either way. Like, maybe the identity is more durable than the... And part of the horror of the game is knowing that you should know what's happened to you or even who you are. But then those connections, like we said, are blocked and you don't know in the moment how to unblock them. Mm-hmm. And you know it's going to happen to you. That's a great... Yeah. You you can use the mist there like, okay, there's like an NPC who's involved in a longer term chronicle. There's an NPC who's close to the player characters but they've been falling to banality and then they do yeah going back to your comment about like a session zero i think it's good especially if you're working with first-time players if you are doing a a series of questions or even a prelude as part of a character building exercise and you just kind of pose the question to the players when is a time that your character was really disoriented by the mists and Having them answer that, I think, is very instructive about who their character is, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a she, for example, because the she has so much more to hash out around this than a lot of the other kids with regards to memory mm-hmm. and identity. Oh, yeah, that whole other. I mean, there's also the past lives is really mm-hmm. tying into the mists, too. Yeah. And we're also getting a there's a thing too. again. I don't know if C20 actually mentions this or not or where it's mentioned in various editions. But there's hints that it's not just memories that are affected by the mists or perceptions, but like writing. Or... Well, so that I, I want to also ask <laughs> in yeah. terms of solutions to kind of work with the mists. I mean, obviously, don't run your game in the dreaming. That's an easy way to avoid a lot of these mm-hmm. problems. Having a treasure to protect memory, another easy way to have mm-hmm. avoid these problems. With something like a dream journal, what are, what's your take on using something like that or mechanizing something like that um as soon as you get back from the dreaming you start writing down and even if it doesn't exactly make sense later it may help you kind of reclaim more memory than your standard glamour and banality might allow yeah i think it should help 
but not totally fix the problem. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's like using other games as a comparison. Do you allow the mists to have elements of arcane or obfuscate kind of mixed in or not? Yeah, I well, I think it does. Certainly, the hiding things. Like, mm-hmm. I do think that's tying into like why you don't see Chimera, and it also applies into like if I have someone who'd be very low banality. I, and this is the thing hinted at, but not really given mechanics. Maybe they might perceive Chimera sometimes. Yeah. That's a case of the mist slipping for them too. And the whole arcane, like like you're less likely to notice things or pay attention to it. Or Yeah. I will say the, I guess, intentional vagueness in some of the descriptions in the book allow for my preferred way to run the mists as a storyteller, which is to kind of honestly enforce them as often as possible but clear them away when it serves the best interests of the story. Because even Mm -hmm. fairly dull mortals with high banality, it says, will occasionally have feelings or flashes or glimpses of their dreamlike memories. And when or how these occur are entirely left to storyteller fiat. So you might as well let them happen when it's the most appropriate to push the story forward and create Mm -hmm. tension or drama. Which could be very bad for you. Yeah, Yeah. very good or very bad or somewhere in between. Yeah, and I think you're also, banality, it doesn't make sense that moment to moment anybody's banality is actually that number, if that yeah. makes sense. There's definitely times where somebody's effective banality will be lower than, or higher than others, and it's just not worth mechanically tracking that, but don't go, okay, this is the number, that's what it always means, exactly this. Like, yeah, and there's always going to be edge cases. I mean, aside from that one technocrat with banality one, you know, we have references to things like what happens when you try to re-enchant undone changeling or whatever mm-hmm. else or dealing with kinane. So just in general, that's that's how I prefer to run things. With yeah. one one caveat, I'm sometimes more forgiving when there's a player who really wants to keep running headlong into combat and I have to think like, okay, if you die chimerically, you're going to have to sit out like the next session and a half because you're going to not remember who you are for, let's check the chart, four weeks. Like, you know yeah so that's one one area where i'll be a little more flexible or it can be like okay you can play the game but as a mortal that everyone's like on eggshells around yeah yeah but if you're i mean if your mists are if your banality is like four or three you still remember some things that's true there's also the note in second edition and i can't remember if it's spelled out quite as directly in c20 but that the mists occasionally part entirely in dreams and you dream about your life in Arcadia. Like mm-hmm. that's very clearly spelled out in second edition. So, so here, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that I'm uncertain on how I would handle it in the world of darkness. If somebody is dreaming, are they like essentially enchanted walking around in the dreaming and then when they wake up, they don't really remember their dreams very well because of the mists. And then you'd like use the banality chart to figure out how well they remember their dreams. Whether or not to use the chart, I think, is a storyteller's personal choice. Whether or not they're actually enchanted and walking around in the dreaming, I would say they occasionally might be, but generally not, which is part of why yeah. Oniromancy exists as an art. Well, I don't mean I don't mean in the wider dreaming, but like in their own little dream realm of their dream that owner deals with. Yeah. I would say those little dream realms are like the little bubbles floating through the dreaming. Yeah. But that follows the rules of the dreaming kind of. Yeah. 
it does get weird. It's like high banality. People never, never, never remember their dreams, which might not be a real world thing, but it still could work in the world of darkness as a fictional setting. Cause it's, yeah, it, it works. <laughs> yeah. And their dreams are probably so boring. It's probably like, Oh yeah. I'm glad I remember to print out the top sheet on my tax forms. Why does this dream realm have a banality rating of seven? Yep. It's not good. <laughs> so then, well, so anything else about the mists before maybe we should talk about how to get enchantment into your game? Yeah, let's do enchantment. Have you ever had like an enchanted mortal as a PC, either playing one yes. or having one as an ST? Yeah. Not me playing one, but uh, that's a recommended way. And again, the C20 rules, we kind of mess with that. It's a technique in LARP mm-hmm. that was oh, right, first yeah. brought up actually for vampire where you just let somebody play a ghoul or something yeah and it'd be instead of playing canane which is this whole other thing right it's like okay you're, you're curious about this larp you don't know if you want to play it or not you will play someone who's been enchanted by this other player character and you're like a friend of theirs we talked about this with uh pete woodworth so don't be in our interview yeah so that that's we, we've done that so that's how hmm. the that's the only time it's come up i've never had anybody play long term i've never done that but it's always been like a session or two and then they come back with their, like, if they want to continue in the game. Sometimes they don't come back. And sometimes they come back with a changing <laughs> character. Sensible. How about you? No, I've never I've never uh, yep. run a game with them. I, don't... I think I've probably had a Kinane or two, but not regular mortal. Oh, and I mean, like, there's been, like, enchanted, like, I've done crossovers, so, like, enchanted mages and stuff. But that's not... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, purely from a mortal perspective. But when I think about, like, how an enchanted mortal responds to what's happening around them it's that spectrum from this is everything i dreamed literally to like Mm -hmm. i'd really like to wake up now oh yeah i've done a lot of npcs like that yeah oh for sure i definitely do not play them as uh they're just the same person like they are usually freaked out but occasionally super into what's happening but either way it's really intense and uh, can sometimes create problems for the players characters but i'd say for me the important parts first i think heightened emotion always has to be mm-hmm. a part of the equation maybe a sort of blithe acceptance of what's going on around them not necessarily that they like it but that they accept the bizarre dream logic because it should feel yeah. like a dream first and foremost yeah. i'd also suggest that one of the reasons why mortals as why enchanted mortals might be useful in a story context is because of like moments of sudden inspiration or noticing things that might not be as apparent to the changelings who live a great portion of their lives among the dreams. So to someone who is truly a fish out of water, maybe they just like notice something that the players wouldn't, the changelings wouldn't. I think those are all like mm-hmm. ways I could see them functioning. Yeah. Or I can also use it as like a, almost like an ironic commentary. <laughs> like, yeah, you have somebody saying things that like the players have just sort of accepted as whatever put on the side and now they're saying things are like oh yeah yeah i didn't think about that that's kind of messed up or something or neat or that is one of the reasons i would say it's good (laughs) it's good to enchant people no i mean i'll put that comment aside (laughs) no but like from a story perspective why enchant mortals or prodigals i suppose 
In C20, there's another quote that I have here. The most important addition to a troop that an enchanted mortal character can provide is a human viewpoint. Even Kinane aren't fully human, and having a mortal point of view that's not soaked in banality can be the key for many a problem that might seem unsolvable to the more alien mindsets of changelings and their families. Mm-hmm. I get that, but I have two issues with that. First, getting back to the idea of player and character bleed, I think it's hard for players to not have their characters also figure out things, figure out solutions along mortal lines. That being said, there are plenty of players who who try to emphasize the alien nature of the Fae by making them as inhuman and monstrous as possible. And I don't think that really solves anything either. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of overshooting in the other direction. So I don't know that introducing an enchanted mortal to fulfill that role is really helpful. But then the other thing that I have an issue with is it kind of undercuts the theme of balance and integration to me to say that changelings just aren't capable of imagining a mortal non-banal point of view because isn't that kind of their whole reason for existing i think what it's worthwhile to have is like you're saying a mortal voice of reason that explains the impact on everyday mortal lives almost like poking changelings in their mortal empathy a little bit yeah similar to Somebody who just went through the chrysalis too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In War for the Oaks, there's a really good scene where the protagonist, Eddie, who's the enchanted mortal in this scenario, goes with her changeling friend to buy a motorcycle and the guy charges them $800 and the puka who she's with hands the guy $800 bills. And as they're leaving, she's like, where did you get $800? He's like, oh no, it just leaves and I just put a spell on them to make them look like $100 bills. And he's very proud of himself. And she's like, well, what's you know, what's going to happen? And he's like, oh, there'll be leaves tomorrow morning. And she's like, well, but okay, what if he gives one of those to his girlfriend to go buy groceries? And like, what if at the grocery store, the till is short by $100 and that cashier gets fired? And she kind of explains all the repercussions. And he's like, oh. So I think that kind of perspective, but I don't think it's useful to say like, we need to enchant this mortal to figure out how to turn the Duke back from being a frog. You know what I mean? And that I think is what, groups lean more often towards when they do that i have seen we have to enchant this mortal to learn something like to learn how to not be dicks yeah well no more like you could have practical things like okay there's no changelings who work in the finance industry in the area <laughs> and we Fair. need some we need a lawyer like we don't have any lawyer there's no alleles handy right so it's like we enchanted them to like get their help with something and i think that too can even if they couldn't be able to help well enchanted like wouldn't be able to do the thing they could maybe explain things to you and then yeah your tax accountants are always enchanted while they're doing your taxes that's yeah that points to i think c20 doesn't specify that enough in that quote i just said where it says like a human viewpoint that's so vague that it doesn't yeah you know in the enchanted the book the book of the title, The Enchanted, they give kind of a list of different roles for enchanted mortals. And along the lines of what you just said, two of them are to build mortal connections or to create an unusual mentor. So it's like, we need mm-hmm. someone to teach us finance. Who do we get? Yeah. Actually, one one thing I have seen from the very unsavory changeling types is enchanting someone whose hobby is a blacksmith to get some cold iron weapons. Ooh. Very unsavory indeed. Yep. 
The Enchanted also suggests retinues, muses, and lovers as possible roles for mm-hmm. mortals, which all makes sense. Muses, I'm always like, I had one ST do it, and it's like the kind of thing I kind of see, but even though mechanically the books maybe don't support it, is accidental rhapsody. Oh, for sure. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, dreamers, I mean, obviously is a role that they have. But none of those are like consultant or mediator yeah. or... There's a, an illustration in the enchantment chapter where it's this mortal kind of holding up their hands, keeping apart like a troll and a satyr who are about to come to blows. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, that mortal's not going to last long. <laughs> well, I'm just like, I'm pretty sure you could find a bargain who could do that too. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. What does, the, what does the enchanted mortal bring that couldn't be filled by a non-enchanted mortal or a changeling? That's kind of mm-hmm. the question that I think needs to be answered when figuring out how to integrate this into a game yeah and, and i think that's less you could never in theory find a one of the kithane or something that could fill that role but thinking about how many changelings there are in a population and stuff there's still way more mortals yeah so yeah depending where you are too just because there could be a changeling that could do it doesn't mean there is a changeling and that they want to help you well or if you're stranded in a, in a small rural town and there's mm-hmm. no other changelings it's like well yeah gotta get someone to help so my other question what have you done with the whole like kind of more forceful enchantment i know it's not really a c20 thing but when you have like a banal mortal who's been forcefully enchanted i do you know i'm I'm struggling to remember an occasion where that's actually happened and i don't know that it's ever because Mm -hmm. calling upon the weird solves so many problems yeah that's true i haven't done it it's never come up in c20 yeah it's come up in previous editions but it does make me wonder though again you probably have more werewolf knowledge than i do but compared with something like the delirium yep you know because in werewolf the delirium depending on the mortal they might react with anger when confronted with garu stuff so like mm-hmm. yeah i think i'd probably hand wave it to some extent because you don't want to establish this person has banality or willpower or whatever and then they get enchanted or they see a werewolf in this comparative case, and then you consult the chart and they react in a way that's totally at odds with what you need to happen. Oh, I don't mean that, but like somebody's very angry at you. And I, I have seen, I don't know if I've done it when I'm running it. I've definitely had it when it's playing. Like somebody enchanted an autumn person to try to get them to calm down. Oh. Well, they were very angry at the changelings around them. And, and that didn't go well. So... C20 suggests that a case like that could at least be an interesting story hook. I guess that's one phrase for it. Yeah, and I think the way that handled was she just started... She took the fact that, you know, everyone's now, like, blue and has horns and there's, like, red-cap-looking people and all that stuff completely in stride, but was still (laughs) just as angry and banal and, like, you were being completely irresponsible. That that tracks, though, because in that dream logic way, it's just like, oh, okay, this is the way things are now. Well, here's I'm going to still give you a piece of my mind. Yep. I mean, I could could see that. Yeah, I'm going to speak to your manager, who's the Duke. (laughs) I'm going to speak to your Duke. (laughs) In terms of flavor, I was thinking about how the feel of the mists and enchantment would change from character to character. And I think this is actually one of the instances where legacies are pretty helpful because, Hmm. you know, legacies are grounded in a changeling's self-image and their self-conceived role in society. So I like the idea of their dominant legacy defining how they feel about 
their memory loss or how they choose to go about enchanting. So you have like Peacock, for example, if that character can't remember everything that happened in the dreaming, they're going to fill in the gaps in the most self-aggrandizing way possible. Mm, oh, definitely. Which yeah. Their bumpkin motley mate might not. And similarly, yeah. if they're enchanting mortals, a peacock is going to do it to fill out their retinue. Whereas a bumpkin is like, I just need to have an honest conversation with my lawyer. So seeming, yeah, I guess it would affect things, but it's a little more straightforward. Like a childling is going to be mm-hmm. a lot more cheerful about this than a grump would. But I was also thinking about Kith and how if like a red cap enchants someone with red cap glamour, that mortal might be a lot more ill at ease. They might have a much more unsettling dreamlike oh. experience than a puka enchantment. We see hints of it come through like hints of kith effects in the bestowments for the parted mists because they seem pretty obviously pegged to like the nine original kiths but um yeah i think it's just it's something that i like thinking about when i think about how this is actually deployed in a game yeah i i have it a lot more on i never thought of that what you're talking about with the kith based who they're enchanting Mm -hmm. i've added a lot more who's being enchanted a measure of both for sure yeah coloring the glamour yeah the resonance of it if you will yeah, oh, someday, someday we're going to have solid resonance mechanics. And all of this, I mean, a lot of it depends on the mood and themes you want to set for your game as well, too. So if you want a game that's all about mortals getting involved in the affairs of the Fae, don't worry so much about like nailing all the banality ratings and effects exactly. If your game is about things of the dreaming slipping away and it's all bittersweet, then really play up the missed effects. If you're running a game about the resurgence of glamour and how it reawakens the changeling's inner self, lean into that past live stuff and emphasizing the kid's nature. In any of those cases, I think regardless of the mood, you have to establish consistency, consistent boundaries and consistent rules of how things work. And that goes for the autumn world and the chimerical world and the dreaming proper. Those three layers of reality that the changelings are moving between. I guess if you're having like a deep dreaming quest, you can also kind of separate the layers of the dreaming, but that's a separate kind of issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the layers of the deep dreaming too. I've actually the mists can be helpful there. Yeah, because the mechanics are so wonky. <laughs> wonky. You could just be like, "We'll just hand wave what happened. We'll just talk about what you remember and what the effects are now." <laughs> More augmen. Yeah. Yeah, like I keep saying, it's one of the hand waviest. Yeah. But more enchantment, more mists. I do think they get overlooked a lot. And I wish people paid more attention to uh, what they do. Did we want to touch on any questions or comments? We have one big question that I think we should tackle, which is from Terry Robinson, host of Mage of the Podcast. Go check it out on the podcast listening platform of your greatest convenience. So Terry asks, how should the mists interact with other night folk? It seems like magic, disciplines, rights, arcanoi should help deal with it, but if mind two to mimesis is a get out of the mists free card, you lose something special. Yep. Big question. Um, <laughs> you want to handle this first? Yeah, I think I think mind should help like the way i like it i don't know what level of mind because i don't know what level of mind i like using for anything at this point <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's a mage problem not a change problem but i think something like lower your effective banality while the effect is in place by one per success or something mm. just 
not having play tested that, but that's <laughs> sounds reasonable. I'd drive that car. Yeah, where where you can do it, but like it's not easy to do it really effective. Like to do, to like go from ten to zero mm. would be hard, very hard, right? I know with Hunter the Reckoning, I think when you spend your conviction, like fine, the mists are parted for you then, but as soon as your conviction's gone, they come back again. Yeah. It makes sense. And and any sort of things like that, like it's the mists are omnipresent. Yeah. And the most you can do is act kind of like you're enchanted for a while while you use your power. Or and, and even that should be like 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 I said with mind, it shouldn't be just like you sp- easily totally parted mists maybe like you have to go through a lot of effects or you self-enchant through some mechanism and then you have other problems so yeah that's also putting aside the question of people saying things like can you use mind to make somebody feel more boring thereby raising their banality (laughs) just like i'm like you could i think you should be able to use mind to raise or lower someone's banality just like you can use mind to change anything else about the personality and it should be just as hard yeah like i don't think a feeling should do it it should be like I mean, maybe you could do a temporary feeling, kind of like Gift of Pan does and stuff like that. But yeah. Well, so my take on it, I am going to kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. Bearing in mind the rule of whatever game is your point of reference should take primacy. Mm-hmm. Even in a crossover game, I think you need to like establish what game is going to be the game that you refer back to. And for Mists, I think it should be Changeling. Yep. I would say it depends on whether you see them as a mental assault, because when I think about what mind does, I think of it as it's preserving memory against influences that are like coming at it. And I don't know that the mists as they're presented are definitively said to be that because it it's that metaphysical question of are the mists something that, clings to the minds that they cloud or clings to the people whose minds they cloud, or do they issue from the changelings that they're meant to obscure, which is a very subtle distinction, but becomes relevant for questions like this. Oh, I don't think they come from the changeling. I think they come from the dreaming or, or something like that. Well, yeah. Do they, do they surround the changeling or do they surround the people yeah. that they influence or both or neither? I, well, mean, I mean, there is the parted mist flaw that gets confusing, but. Right. So that's the thing is that there's internal contradictions to the setting and it's kind of left to the storyteller yeah. to decide for their game how it works. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just think having it being always it's an active thing that has to be, it's not like, I don't think you could just use a temporary power to permanently remember a thing. That's the bit. Yeah. 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 And for me, it's, it's more about whether the glamorous actions of a fae of a changeling kind of penetrate into reality enough to leave an impression, to leave a memory on a meat brain. That to me is more relevant than can the mage fortify their brain enough to remember everything oh that gets back i mean i know we've got to list your questions that actually brings back another question that i have about the mists mm. I, i'm just thinking about fighting combat whatever because it it's more straightforward an example but it doesn't have to be this right mm. so you you have a gun you have a changeling with a gun and they're shooting at somebody and then they use a cantrip and then they keep shooting right yeah what's the mist and, and they're doing somebody's got like banality nine or something right they're gonna remember the sh- are they gonna remember the shooting part for sure Okay, so it only covers up the cantrip. It only covers the weird, the face stuff. Yeah, okay. Well, unless they're like causing the gun to float 
to the left and f- keep firing on its own. Yeah. Then they might. Then they might just know that they were. But they still might remember some shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, where if you like invoke the weird and you're still shooting your gun, is that? Uh, I guess it comes down to how much you want to allow deduction to strengthen memory or kind of mm-hmm. strengthen those connections. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm more thinking like, what is covered by the mists? Basically, right. <laughs> is it like everything that's happening at the moment, or just the fey bits? If you're enchanted, it's obvious you're just enchanted. But yeah, my general way of handling it is like, if you call upon the weird and you're doing mundane things mixed in, people are going to rationalize away based on whatever the end results are once the mm-hmm. weird calling has passed. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they see the bullet holes or they have the wounds, they will assume I must have been shot. But if their banality is high enough, they just might have no idea who did or exactly when. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many of these kind of counter questions that we can keep kind of. Yeah. Up but with. being shot versus like claw marks from chimerical claws like that. Well, but yeah, it's oh, I must have I must have run into a rabid dog and I just forgot or something. Yeah. That, too, is a story potential because then. Mm-hmm. other people who's who that mortal speaks to are going to have questions with a capital qu yeah. so so you can't, so what you you wouldn't allow someone to invoke the weird to get away with shoplifting uh let me think on that <laughs> coming back to terry's question though um yeah when it comes to mage in particular i i mean i want to offer counter questions such as like can mind overcome arcane yeah, you know, can mind combat the entire weight of the dreaming because that, in theory, is what's creating the mists as this byproduct. Mm-hmm. Putting aside, let the story decide. I will point to the supplement. How do you do that for Mage Twenty? Says that for total recall of memories, you need time to mind three. Now, that book is infamous <laughs> for its sphere bloat. However, I like the idea of mind three, which allows dream walking being the key to draw memories out of the mists Mm. because the memories in question are more like dreams that actually happened and mine too, and certainly not mind one don't seem sufficient to me to cut through the mists to reach those. Oh no, I agree that that, I, like I was saying that it's affecting yourself outside. If you actually read the mage book, it all seems to be mind one or mind five. (laughs) I think mind three with a healthy dose of meditation could probably do it for a mage. Yep at least for reclaiming memories after the fact. In terms of other splats, I just kind of wanted to briefly call out in Vampire, you have Mythoceria, and Mythoceria 2 is face sight where you can perceive the chimerical. There's been discussion about whether or not that's the same as enchantment. I want to flatly state that it is not. <laughs> well, it's it's the same as invoking the autumn for a fey. Mm. Mechanically, it works the same as that. You're immater- it's immaterial to you, but you can perceive it. Yeah. So you might you might be able to perceive it in the moment, but it won't help you retain any memories any better or enter the dreaming or anything. Yeah. I think you might be able to remember what you saw with Mysteria without the mists, but... Uh, but you would still be affected by whatever your banality is. Oh, I didn't think about that. Hmm. In any case, I think it's a useful guideline for the other Splat's forms of sight, mm-hmm. such as, like you said, the hunters when they have conviction activated. Again, they're effectively enchanted for the scene, but once it's over, they're going to have the same haziness. Yeah. 
A weird one to think about too is chemistry, because like most Ravnos probably have no idea what their discipline actually does, which is pull extrusions yep. of the dreaming into the autumn world. So they'd probably be just as surprised as anyone else when their illusionary knife actually like puts a changeling into a coma. Yep. I think the illusion of chemistry, that part stays around. Like that's not affected by the mists. Like the, I wouldn't add mists to the chemistry effects. Right. Specifically. Yeah, because they're basically calling on the weird with their discipline. Yeah. And if you have the level four power, which is permanence, you can just have it stay there until sunrise or whatever. But in each of these cases, the dreaming should eventually reassert itself if you're operating from a changeling perspective. So if you have a Chiasid antagonist or a Ravnos antagonist, the dreaming eventually wins. If you're playing vampire and a changeling happens by and you have a Ravnos or a Chiasid PC, maybe you could flex things a little bit differently yeah i'm more leaning to like the the chemistry in either game the stated effects of chemistry in vampire not the crossover stuff with the chimera i wouldn't have the mists apply to that even in a changeling game like it, it's a specific power that's doing it yeah. otherwise the ravnos if the ravnos has high banality they don't remember what power they're using right yeah it's or, things it's... like that <laughs> well and it's one of those weird things where the discipline was created before changeling existed and then got yeah. retconned. But, but I think it could even make sense. Like having these limited, I mean, you say like, okay, the, the dreaming is, you're going against the weight of the dreaming, but you're, the dreaming is doing a lot of things at once. <laughs> so yeah. y- y- slipping through a little bit, I'm, I'm okay with like on your specific power overcomes that bit of thing. So. Yeah. And the bottom line is always that, the effects of the mists and the way that enchantment works should be understood through the, the lens of the primary game that you're playing. Yeah. And Mage, I think, has the most variability in that regard because you do have so many different types, different perspectives, different paradigms about how they would interact with that. I mean, technocrats, mm-hmm. I would love to do... Here's a story idea. Maybe I'll write this as like a fiction piece. Having someone who would have been a dreamer who ended up in the technocracy... And keeps visiting the reality deviant who's like trapped in the basement because they keep getting their inspiration for technology or whatever reawakened, even though when they leave the basement, they can never remember exactly what those conversations were. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. the shape of water or something. Yep. I'd, I'd run that story anyway. No, I'd, I'd even run the, you know, you have a crossover game. And there's like a progenitor mad scientist who's made friends with a knocker or something. Mm. And then they're now getting in a lot of trouble with the technocracy. And now they're ex-technocracy and trying to get help from the changelings. On the lamb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, there are possibilities. I do think that each game has its fans who insist that their splat has to always kind of have the last word when it comes to these mechanical conflicts. And I think there's room for all of the above. Yeah, and I think you can even you don't even have to stick a hundred percent to a game that's core for your game. I think you can. There's a lot of wiggle room. I think. Uh, I feel like you do when Not there's always, when there's but... a mechanical conflict, or when there's something yeah. that needs to be hashed out. I think you have to pick which game is going to take precedence, but it it need not be the same game for every mechanic. I do yeah. think for a given mechanic, it needs to be the same every time within a chronicle for the sake of the players. Yeah, you know, again, you do your rules. But I mean, like, if you're having the mists work a certain way in your crossover mage changeling game, that doesn't mean, like, you have to take the changeling perspective on the entire Umbra or something. For sure, yeah. 
As long as everybody's aware of what the take is. Yeah. As long as like the players know what to expect from the things their characters would know. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it's consistent with. It's like, okay, if changelings generally believe this, even if your crossover is mage-focused or werewolf-focused or whatever, it should still not be ridiculous that changelings believe this. Same with mages, Mm -hmm. same with werewolves, same with whatever. But that's a whole other crossover question episode. Uh, Yeah. Is there anything else? That is as much as I'm willing to say at this juncture. Or that people will remember. Yeah. So you can find us at uh, our website, changelingthepodcast.com. You can send us a toot, changelingpod at dice.camp. You can email us, it's a podcast at changelingthepodcast.com. You can go to our Facebook page, Changeling the Podcast. Please join our Discord, discord.me slash ctp. And we are YouTube. What's our, what's our YouTube? Uh, it's just Changeling the Podcast. All the links will be in our show notes. Yes. Um, and, uh, I'm Josh. You may or may not remember that I have been Puka. And once again, um, I forgot. (laughs) Everyone, you're about to hear a public service announcement. And here's the public service announcement. Remember to always enchant responsibly because the last thing the dreaming needs is a bunch of hot mess mortals running around making things miserable for themselves and others. Some helpful tips. Never enchant on an empty stomach, never part the mists for anybody wearing last year's fashionable t-shirt, and always keep an eye on how many glamour-soaked tokens you've handed out. An enchantment journal can also be a helpful tool to keep track of all the people whose lives you've complicated this past week. We'd like to think that our episodes have enough oomph to tickle the glamorous fancies of our listeners, and we are tickled in turn by the support that you give. Topmost in those ranks are the patrons for our podcast, who include Derek, Dorkadas, Oreo, Roz Caboose, Sandshaker, Zija, Terry Robinson, and Tricerabeth. Sign up at www.patreon.com slash changelingthepodcast if you'd like to get a shout-out at the end of each episode along with some other bennies. You can also help us out by leaving a review on the podcast listening platform of your greatest convenience, or by tricking people into listening to our show. For now, it suffices to say, thanks bunches for your ears, and until the mists claim you, keep on dreaming.